Welcome to another Azure-centric podcast on our Azure Weekly Update show. My name is Marcos Nogueira and with me I have Angelos, my best friend, Angelos. How are you, my friend? I'm very good. I'm very good. How are you doing this beautiful day? I'm fantastic, but apparently, uh, and I have to say to, to all of you that it's not on purpose, but we changed the scenario as well. In this case, you <laughs> did. <laughs> we did. So last time we did, uh, you went out on the road and I stayed at home to hold down the fort. Uh, this time you're holding down the fort and I'm on the road. And I think uh, maybe in one more week or two, we might mix it up yet again and see if we can throw some more variables exactly. in. But exactly. Indeed, indeed. We may uh, we may delay our release in this case a little bit on uh, this episode, but uh, in fact, uh, nor rain, nor sleet, nor snow, nor beautiful summer weather, uh, or smoky Alberta conditions, uh, nothing will stop our podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> even even my accidental of upgrading my Windows 10 machine to Windows 11 will not stop this podcast. It might delay. But it will not stop the podcast. <laughs> and that's it's a the worthy, uh, of it's a worthy upgrade. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been looking forward to, uh, and I, I have to admit, it's been very busy with uh, kind of traveling during these. Uh, still on the tail end of COVID times is a bit complicated still, but uh, not too bad. I have to say a little bit of a shout out to WestJet for uh, doing a really good job of uh, making a tough situation very enjoyable and everybody though uh, wearing a mask you could clearly see they were smiling so uh, really well done made it uh, very enjoyable yeah. but today we do have kind of yes uh, right so uh, you know there's a little bit of uh, some previews but I think networking and uh, maybe uh, if we drill down a bit more, we could even say express route might be uh, kind of on the mind this week. There's been some really interesting things yeah. and it's been uh, though not a heavy week for uh, like the number of articles and updates. Um, there has been some really good information that's come yeah. through. So I have to say that to add to that is our favorite in this case, uh, product or feature in Azure week. So apparently Azure Migrate and Azure Site Recovery, they decide to um, increase the interest of this week. Um, so so that's the that's the theme for 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 this this episode. Although um, all of this it's not possible uh, without you, you without your support. Right, and ah, uh, I missed that part. Oh no, I'm hiding part of the That's subscribe. Okay. That's okay, fix it. I'm That's going to do it again. We you want to do it? Three, two, one. The support of our friends <laughs> and our listeners on the on to subscribe the channel. Um, so we had some some really good feedback. Yes, um, I think the last couple of episodes, right? So. Um, not to get distracted, thank you very much to all of our listeners, watchers, subscribers, 
and passersby uh, just coming through the neighborhood, browsing, listen to the, the video or the podcast for a little bit. We really, really love uh, that you can join us for a little bit and we get to share our week and a little bit of Azure musings, I think yes. is the right word, right? Absolutely. Yes. So, yeah, we really love it. And um, please, you know, weigh in in the comments on uh, the Azure centric YouTube page. Um, it goes a long ways to keeping us motivated and encouraged. And we absolutely love it. Doesn't mean you have to say that you love us. That's okay too. But, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, you took, you took my words. Uh, you took my words. We, we want you to share what you think. It's always, we are always a positive uh, fellas. And even from the most destructive uh, criticism, we always try to took the best of it. So, right. Yeah. So we, to, we find the sunshine in all these little things that happen in life. Absolutely. And, and, and with that, I think it's time for us to start our, our podcast. So let's roll. <laughs> So welcome back and let's start with our first update and now our first update as you mentioned uh, Andrew is the general availability of Azure Express route global reach to new locations in this case is South Africa Johannesburg only and Taiwan mm -hmm. so another two um, in this case, new ways that you can connect to Azure through Azure Express route in South Africa and Taiwan. So I think it was, if it was the last episode, it was a couple of episodes ago that we mentioned three new ones. So at that time right. we had 75 or whatever was it. Right now we are almost reaching 80 uh, locations to just connect your express route uh, to your data center. Pretty cool, I have to say. Exactly, right? Yeah, and we're really starting to reach kind of that that worldwide mesh redundancy yep. uh, when it comes to options available for how we can create um, BCDR strategies and how we can interconnect different um, Azure uh, locations uh, together so that Microsoft backbone has really become very reliable. Uh, it was quite a while ago, I want to say many months <laughs> in my memory. I think it was Mark Rosinovich's article on um, Azure backbone and the pops and the like the different access points, the point of access. And um, uh, in that article, he spoke about really extending not just connectivity, but the interconnectivity between all of the Azure data centers, um, you know, region to region, and certainly within each region. So yeah. it's been fantastic the last few weeks to see these Express Route Global Reach updates popping in. Yeah. It's really great. And and it's, it's just to reinforce um, what we already been discussing uh, throughout this, this show, um, is this is the entrance to getting in what we call the Azure uh, 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 
black fiber. So you are entering into the Azure world in this case, and you can have all the advantages that you have by entering into this. So, so yeah, it's, it's a kind of a short update, but we don't want to miss it because it's really important for us to do that uh, so we can uh, show off, in this case, the, the global reach that Azure is having and adding two extra points, in this case, with all of that connection to, to, to Azure, right? Yeah, I think it's important to mention over here for, for all of you that right now we have two extra uh, entry points to the Azure world or to the Microsoft, let's say, to the Microsoft Cloud Services because that go. is yeah. usually the entering point, right? But doesn't the, it's not only for Azure. You can leverage that for Office 365, right, as well. Uh, or in this case, should we say to the Microsoft 365 Cloud Services to be able to leverage all of that. So uh, it's really the entering point to the to the Microsoft Black Fiber and using all of that good fiber that goes around and around the world, I don't know how many times. Um, yeah. <laughs> Probably far too many. Far too <laughs> I many. think there's quite a lot. <laughs> far too many, absolutely. <laughs> so moving to the next one, and we starting our one of our uh, ways. This is not an update per se, okay? It's still coming on the update blog, but it's the general viability of introducing global disaster recovery via Azure Site Recovery. So this is basically, uh, it's not a new feature, okay? Uh, it's nothing that they are announcing. It's more like a reinforcement saying that Azure native, native platforms, they are always have the capability of the availability and disaster recovery, okay? And they are continuing on that progress with the highest levels of resilience, okay? By enable zone-to-zone -zone disaster recovery, Azure-to-Azure uh, -Azure disaster recovery, and, and even cloud-to-cloud -cloud disaster recovery, okay? Besides, of course, the on-premise. So... It's not, it's not an update, but we want to mention because it's one of the, I think it was the, the fixture that I did you bring over the Azure, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, that's absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> You've got it. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about yeah. high availability um, and really the ASR is often the entry point. Uh, for a lot of customers for Microsoft uh, Azure, right? Because uh, when we think of Azure Migrate, uh, it, it's in this case, let's keep them separate, right? So uh, in this case, ASR is really used to replicate data from somewhere, can be Google Cloud, can be on-prem, can be right here uh, in a home office or wherever. And you're replicating that to an Azure tenant. So that's really the entry, like the first time people are getting into Azure. So that that DR strategy of okay, so my power goes out here, my my battery backups run out, you know, what then, 
right? Do we do we put in generators? Do we build in all these redundancies? What about the fiber connectivity? What happens with that? Is my provider going to be as robust as me running a generator for two weeks? Well, I don't know. You know, you have to talk to your provider about that, <laughs> that tricky yeah, question absolutely. for sure. But yeah. that said, um, when uh, once we're in Azure, you may say, oh, well, let's replicate this region to another Azure region. So uh, maybe you go from, let's say, Canada Central to South US, just as an example. And uh, you may say, OK, that's enough physical distance and uh, the likelihood of both of those regions being impacted by a natural disaster or something else is very low. So maybe you do ASR between those two sites. And that's really what we're talking about is the flexibility. So the more um, that dark fiber between all of the sites, uh, I think most uh, most of them, if not all, are at 100 gig on the backbone now. Uh, I think it's presented in some cases still at 10 gig for consumption, but I do believe uh, between regions it is 100 gig now. Um, don't hold me to that. There might be the odd exception, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, either case, uh, I'd be quite happy to have 10 gig um, back and forth to uh, be able to replicate data. Um, quite often it can be done in very near real time, uh, if not pretty pretty, uh, uh, pretty thin margins on that timing. So there's so much flexibility. The speed is there, the bandwidth is there. Uh, it's like Azure has very uh, done a very good job of positioning themselves as a full and comprehensive DR strategy, right? Uh, worldwide, in fact. Yeah, absolutely. And this, this, it's it's going back to something that we already mentioned a couple of times at, at the show uh, on different episodes uh, from the from this show or this podcast. That is like it's this starts to remind me the the origin of all of this. That is Hyper-V and the Hyper-V replica. Yeah. So it goes back probably like ten years. Uh, a little bit on that time, 10 or even more uh, years, that uh, when they introduced the Hyper-V replica to just basically um, be able to protect your workloads from one transition to another um, at that time. And and it's, it's, it was very cool because I remember a couple of, of, of us that we were speaking at one tech ed um, that we were at the hotel and through the wireless we were transferring VMs to help uh, one another in this case of building those um, those labs to present on TechEd. Uh, I remember doing that with, uh, with another colleague that he needs some help building some of those VMs and I say sure I can do that but he was he was during the night and he was with his wife on on the room instead of going we just connected to the to the network uh, we got the IP of each other and basically I was able to transfer all of my VMs to his laptop uh, or to his, or, or I think it was the laptop that he had at that time and there you go on the next morning he had he had the the the, the lab working and was a huge success, for example. Um, so from 
simple things like that to the what you can do it right now is a tremendous a tremendous journey and and be able to see this on azure and be able to see this that right now azure it's not only um the cloud platform that we are seeing and working it's still one of the leaders if it's not the leader on these type of things because um i'm i, I work with aws as well my knowledge on google on gcp it's not that great uh, but on ws aws and azure it's it's what i work every single day and usually uh, aws yes it's great when you're moving into aws um, but the way that you protect from aws which makes sense because it's it's a cloud service right it's a cloud provider so if you don't trust your cloud provider who is going to tr who who will you going to trust right but yeah. better than one cloud provider is two cloud providers so exactly <laughs> so, so I, th I think there's a difference there too though right so it's one thing to trust our provider and uh you know things like encryptions uh backup uh backing things up uh encryption at rest encryption during transit uh customer managed keys these are all things that i think of when i hear the word trust and and cloud provider now in this case i think of uh continuity right so i think of trusting the redundancies that they have built in so will my vm stay up and that's where we have to really kind of accept that uh, you know, like by uh, opening the plastic before you read the license agreement, you've already accepted the license agreement because you touched the plastic. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's a, yes. it's a bit like you have to understand those agreements. And sometimes there can be some confusion, especially if we're uh, newer to that space, right? So when I think of uh, how I like to try and explain this for my customers, I try to just keep it really simple uh, when we talk about these things in this case, right? So I say, okay, imagine you have one rack in your own data center, then you have a second rack. Now in each rack, you have one server with one hard drive. It's running, it's working great, but on the day that you have a problem, nobody's going to come and knock on your door and tell you that that hardware has just failed. You have to have things like monitoring in place, and you may want to have things like Hyper-V replicas, uh, i.e. ASR. <laughs> and you might want to have different detections that can help you fail over to rack number two on server number two uh, in case number one becomes unreachable or unavailable, right? So I think of, you know, we have to, um, you know, we, we kind of subscribe to these ideas that because we go to a cloud, public cloud, that it's just going to be perfect and it's going to be easy and everything will be there forever and always up. That's just not the case. They have hardware failures like everybody else does in their own data centers. The difference is I think for me that Azure does a really good job, I guess in this case, Microsoft does a very good job of actually being very upfront and honest and says, you know what, Andrew, make sure that you build with proper architecture that you understand uptime and downtime and what that actually translates to for your customers. Yeah. So I think I think that that way we've been very Absolutely. well prepared and we've been given the right tools to be able to build things 
like four nines for uptime, right? Absolutely. And it's, it's not only that, and that's a very good point, but it's not only that, it's like the possibility of, of you having, for example, uh, even if you are on a multi-cloud platform or one of the region, is that region in this case becomes unavailable. Or even, even though with, for example, that is the, the new enhancement that, or the most recent one that it did on ASR, the zone to zone. Because when you're doing a region to region with ASR, there are a few changes that you need to address. Uh, yes. and, and the main one is networking, right? Because the network cannot, in this case, go over the region. But when you're doing zone to zone, right? So we, 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 what we are saying in this case is you have, for example, three zones on that region that you have your workload running, right? And you are basically uh, uh, saying that a zone, it's more like a data center in, in Azure. You have your workload running on one data center and you are basically disaster recovery to another data center, which is what we're doing so far, right? Because in a lot of our cases, we kind of extend our network uh, to the other data center so we can have exactly the same type of, not some, the same range of IPs, so we don't need to change our IPs. So this is, is possible now uh, within Azure. Of course, that if you are coming from any other region uh, or any other location besides the same region, that's not possible uh, because you need to change the IP when you're doing the disaster recovery, you need to change. But there is a lot of those type of things that there are. And, and we will see probably on the next update as well, um, on, on a few updates, let's say this way. So we can, um, in this case, we can uh, uh, see it how the evolution goes and how you can not only bring, because if you remember uh, the evolution of this, we start only with VMs. So Azure Site Recovery was only for VMs or for uh, physical uh, servers. And then they evolute that. So the next step, let's say the version two was for databases. So besides your physical service, the entire server, right? That you can protect. Um, now you can protect also databases. So means that you can recover easily and faster that database that you are running in, in, in on-premise or any other location into ASR, right? And you will see more things to coming, but but uh, the natural evolution of this is, is going to extend that to applications uh, and to other things that we are talking about, okay? But let's move to the next one because we are ready. We, it's always like that. When we start talking about ASR, we can be hours <laughs> over here. And that's not the intention of this episode or if this podcast. Moving to the next one, we have general availability of Azure VPN client for macOS. What's a great way for me to leave macOS? 
and going to Windows. <laughs> I didn't want to point that out. I thought it might be a little bit too much uh, sharpened, but... maybe. But, <laughs> but it, so... I'm glad that you can chuckle about it. Uh, that makes me feel a lot better, to be honest. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, joking aside, um, this is really actually quite great because uh, we do have a lot of Mac users. Um, you know, typically we see them in uh, both marketing, sales, and government for specific um, purposes, right? Um, yeah. You know, Windows, uh, let's say 11 now almost has the corner on the market for business. Um, but there's a strong number of Mac OS um, clients out there, like laptops and MacBooks and all those good things. So really, really great uh, release here. And the thing I think that really jumped out for me is that my favorite thing of MFA through conditional access rules is, uh, okay, maybe it's not my favorite thing, but it is a very powerful and important thing that we have in place for our Azure AD tenants. Um, that we are properly using and deploying conditional access based MFA for uh, those tenants to protect them. So this is really, really great. It integrates right with the point to site VPN. And um, I have to say, I actually did install a point to site inside a Hyper-V VM on my Windows 10 workstation uh, for a client last week to access uh, their systems. And uh, on the Windows 10 version, super easy, um, really nice, um, uh, especially if you're able to deploy it through Intune. You can wrap a, a nice package around it to um, integrate the settings and automatically have the, the, the configuration just there for the users. So really, really impactful, um, really nice uh, uh, interface. I have to say, it's everything I wish VPN has always been. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And it's not only that. It's like, for example, I know a lot of uh, a lot of um, developers, and uh, that they use macOS uh, to develop as well with Visual Studio with all of that. And and sometimes, uh, for example, they are using. I, I use. I used to use my. I still use. I still have my macOS, uh, my my MacBook Pro. Um, and I do a lot of those connections um, and be able to have this now and be able to connect securely to our environment to manage and have all of those uh, applications, it's, it's another step. So uh, that's my laptop uh, when I'm going traveling. It's my MacBook Pro. So now I, can, I, I already download this, but... It was funny when I saw this update coming. It was on the same day that I, I did I did uh, basically almost um, not on the same day, but a few days later uh, when I uh, I did put my macOS to on on the backpack, starting to get uh, for travel and replace with my with my desktop um, at my office. So. So it was funny to say, oh, you you were waiting for me, for me to just move to Windows again, so you can have now the Azure VPN client. But uh, it was funny. But it, like you said, be able to have almost exactly the same way that we have Windows, with na native Azure AD authentication. Okay, um, be able to use the tokens. Be able to use 
the conditional access associated with MFA, associated with user-based policies, mm-hmm. it makes basically no difference if you are using Windows or Mac OS. Exactly. Yep. It's all about identity. has nothing to do with the base or remote OS in this case. Really, exactly. really great advancements. I think I think it is. And and if you are seeing this through the through the YouTube channel, in this case, go visit the webpage um, because there is the the link uh, that I use for download the Azure VPN client. Uh, and the setup, the good thing about this is I did try to have the same setup for Windows and and Mac OS. And the, the good news is you don't need to change anything. Okay, the so client trans- you set up once, everything you set you. up once, yep. and then it's your client. Is The only difference is your v- Azure VPN client that you need to install on the Mac or on the Windows that will do all of that good thing. So it's it's really great to see that. Um, but but yeah, but that's the part that I love about about this update. Absolutely. Moving to the next one. Public preview on the containerized apps and migrate to AKS and Azure App Service with Azure Migrate. And this is the part that we are talking that we were talking about a few moments ago. Okay? This is the evolution that we always waiting for on on Azure site recovery and in this case Azure Migrate is not only databases and the full servers. Now we're talking Sorry. about container apps or containerized apps to be able to migrate to AKS. Because if you think about that, it's going to be almost the same, right? Yeah. Having that on-premise, and we see a lot of those, okay? And so far, the only possibility that you have with this was you having CICD, right? But you need to redeploy the entire uh, infrastructure on AKS to do that. So you need to deploy AKS on-premise. You have all of that. You promote your code through the channels that you have. And then through that, you're deploying to, to on Azure. Right now, you don't need to do that. Uh, it's still in preview again. So it's not when you're going to production, please do not use this yet, okay? Because otherwise, you might get to a lot of things that it's not supported. It's on the best efforts, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, but it will allow you to already starting seeing what is coming next, right? To get prepared, to get, to get all of that. Because this is the next step of, of migrating. So there are no more excuses. You can still develop on-premise without any problem. But now you can migrate those apps that you have with this. And it's not only that, because the benefit of using this, it doesn't mention, okay, either on Azure uh, a documentation, if I, if, I, if I remember correctly. But if you see this, okay, the Azure migrate documentation 
and even the um, um the about this update it doesn't show but you have the possibility you don't have the possibility to or you have the possibility to migrate from other cloud services so that's correct gcp it's really huge on on um containerization right yeah. so now you are microsoft is saying yes you can have no no worries of developing or if you want to migrate to azure sure let's let's use azure migrate to migrate yeah. from gcp your aks cluster or ak not aks cluster the containerized apps the containerized apps the within, yeah exactly yeah i think well i think it makes sense too though right because yeah. Um, you know, Microsoft is going to want people deploying their apps in uh, GCI to come over to Azure. So this is one way that's going to help people assess those apps. Uh, you know, like you run the app assessment and all of those things and it goes through. It's going to be very familiar if you've used Azure Migrate uh, before. And when you go through the assessment, you see the things that are going to work, the things that have the kind of the yellow question mark beside them, you give a little bit of love to and uh, make sure uh, you test it. And in this case, because again, like you said, it was in, it's in preview. So don't use this in production today. But uh, if, if this is something that you're targeting, you're in a multi-cloud or you have large uh, AKS deployments in other, uh, let's say premises, then uh, this might be a good option for you to take a look at if you're looking to move those apps into Azure, into a space where they can be better managed. Absolutely. And it's not only that. The tool right now, what they are doing is besides all of the process that, you, that everyone knows that Azure Migrate does, the tool will also help to parameterize the application, the configuration of the application, um, and even goes even more to just help to configure the application monitoring using the application insights. So Absolutely. It's, App it's, insights really, is awesome. it's really going when you're migrating all of this to have what is the best practice and what is the recommendation that Microsoft have following the, 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 the well-architecture framework um, to have that container Uh, monetized so you can know what is going on and to see if really you are optimizing your application your container through the environment so it's not only like um, like for like let's call it this way I hate those that expression but it's not like for like it's like okay let's migrate but let's put this so on a better condition So I have, I have a different way. I don't know that it's better, but it's just a different way to describe it. Um, I hear terms like rehost versus refactor, right? So in this case, it's kind of a mix in between. So it really is not a full rebuild, but let's say if you are going to go from uh, hard-coded and then parametrizing uh, your app, Uh, to move into uh, AKS from .NET or Java application that uh, Azure Migrate can assess, then uh, yes, that is a bit more towards the refactoring side, right? 
Um, but it's it's cool because it's not a rebuild. It's not manual. You're not rewriting all of the code. You get all of the suggestions and support through the Azure Migrate tool on what you likely need to do uh, to parameter parameterize. That's so terrible. The app. <laughs> yeah, the app configuration. I'm done mispronouncing. No, that's now. A, that, oh my god! If you if my mispronounce, now imagine me, right? <laughs> But I it, think you it's, nailed it, it's though, exactly buddy. That. So, so a lot of times by parameterize the application configuration or even to externalize the file system dependencies, okay? Yeah. Um, it's not is not considered a refactoring because refactoring you are changing a little bit theoretically, right? You are changing a little bit of the architecture by changing code and something like that, but you are uh, enhancing and you are adjusting uh, your environment to 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 get better to get to get more productive to get more from the resources that you have uh, that is absolutely uh, any haste that you can have on your infrastructure right uh, with all the things that aks that in, in some cases we already mentioned over here at our at uh, at this show um But it's it's with all other things associated when you already moving you the the application monitoring is already being is already there through application insights. Uh, it's tremendous uh, because now besides moving, you can see if your all of those small changes to try to to get your app more of or faster in this case or or more resilient. Or whatever it is that you want to do it, it's is if it's applicable or not, or if you need to adjust it even more. So it's pretty cool to see that on uh, on on still on preview, right? It is, but uh, I think we have maybe a little bit more to talk yep. about with Azure Migrate, it, if that's even possible. It <laughs> yes, it's the segue for the next one. That now that we are not talking about the infrastructure, we're talking about the public preview. Then and the two are are end end together, um, with the discovery and assessment for ASP.NET web apps uh, with Azure Migrate. So Absolutely. assuming, like you said, that Azure Migrate will uh, unify the discovery and the assessment capabilities for servers, database web apps now allows you to discover what you have on on-premise ASP.NET uh, running on IISs to now migrate to the app services, uh, to the Azure app services, which is pretty cool because sometimes we don't know what what we have and, and, and it's good. But the, all of this... And that's the part that I love it is until now they can do this on the private preview on the public preview. In this case, uh, they can do this with no agents being deployed. That okay. is that, that, that is, uh, when I saw this, I say, so ASP.net, it's a website, right? Basically. 
Okay, uh, you are, it's a language, but yeah. It's a language, but it's it's running on IIS servers. So yeah. with agent with no agents, right, you have to scan your your network to just looking for web servers, looking for uh, all of that, then to go and analyze if you have .NET on that servers, and then need to analyze if you have ASP.NET, and then grab all of that with all the dependencies of the DLLs and all of that to just give you that and to give you all the scheme that you need from your uh, web server, right? Yeah. And then let's say that they want to discover, they want to assess and say, yes, if you press this button, I can replicate what you have right now with all the web configs, with all the app configs files to a app service on Azure. It just blows my mind uh, because uh, <laughs> we've been on, on a few projects uh, and moving oh, web boy. servers. Yep. Um, and it's a simple task, okay? But at the same time, very complex. It is, right? We yeah, always if we, miss if we have to rebuild right? <laughs> and then actually migrate manually the site, yep. um, it's all those little dependencies, like you say, that's a DLL here, there's a DLL hiding over there, there's a, there's a parameter file there, there's... Uh, like it, there's no end to it on some of those systems that can be quite complex in large, uh, larger environments or um, vertical applications that they've built for line of business, right? Um, a lot of those are uh, adapted over time. So version one, uh, version five documentation, let's say, uh, bears very little resemblance to what you actually end up moving. So uh, you read the docs, you try to follow along and make sure you capture all the stuff, you test it and it doesn't even start the site. So uh, yeah, having a tool like Azure Migrate to actually uh, kind of, oh, like, it's like, like an overlay, right? Yeah. And uh, it's able to find all those little dependencies, it's able to trace everything, and then uh, to be able to take that, move everything, uh, help you kind of uh, host it in like Azure App Service or IaaS, whatever you're going to use, uh, and then wrap everything with App Insights so that you can actually get those deep analytics, right? And understand where the bottleneck is, not just that my site is slow, yeah. uh, but actually see, uh, this, it's this DLL right here. It was this specific function call where we saw a delay. And now you can really uh, zero right in on it and try and problem solve that. So yeah, really, really good um, enhancements that are coming through. And again, uh, the last two, though very related with Azure Migrate, they're both in preview. Yeah. Uh, so just a note of caution, not quite ready for production, yeah. but certainly go and explore those features in your dev test and uh, learn about the, uh, uh, how that analysis and how that assessment uh, the discovery and assessment works with the ASP.NET uh, web apps. Really great. It's really great. But there was another announcement bearing on this one that with this preview capability that they are doing with ASP.NET is if you are running all of these on your VMware environment, okay, 
this capability will discover any .NET web app running. Not only ASP.NET, but any .NET web app running on your VMware environment and will assess that and the recommendations at scale for either Azure IS or Azure App Service, which is amazing. So besides doing all of that, now you have the App Service Migration Assistant, very similar like you have the Database Migration Assistant that will analyze like the migration does, what is your schema, what is your database, what is that you have inside to go and see this. And now it extrapolates to all the .NET web apps that you have which is pretty cool. So we will start to see a lot of those coming. I, I, I want to play with this um, uh, as soon as possible because it really changed the way that we can migrate and, and, Absolutely. and, and re-hosting because theoretically when you do Azure Migrate, you are basically re-hosting in this case, although... It's going to be that hybrid one that is re-hosting and refactoring because the end exactly. product is going to be a pass service, not IS service, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, I think if our friends at VMware are uh, listening or watching this episode, I feel like both of us will be asking for some more trial licenses for vCenter very soon. Yeah, or other than that, <laughs> or if that is not possible, uh, send us some swag. We appreciate that. Absolutely. Yes, I really, it's so funny. You were talking, I know, I haven't had a major diversion yet, so it's overdue. I'm so sorry, but it's <laughs> about to happen. <laughs> so you were talking about um, Hyper-V Replica, and I couldn't help, my mind wandered a little bit, and I know um, yourself and a couple of other uh, MVPs that are very uh, kind of near and dear to my heart. They really have helped me on my technical, but also my career and uh, kind of discovery journeys, really, right? And um, I feel, you know, almost an emotional attachment. I guess it is an emotional attachment, um, but it's, it's a bit deeper than that. And then I, I'm going through these thoughts so rapidly, and all of a sudden I thought to myself, I remember a demo that uh, a certain fella did when uh, we were at Ignite uh, one year, and uh, it's down on the floor where they have the hands-on demos, those little 30 and 60-minute uh, demos. Um, a handsome, smart fella who might be beside me on the screen right now <laughs> did tell me <laughs> did tell me one day. Andrew, what are you doing going to all these classes? You can do classes anytime and watch them later on after the uh, Ignite is over. Why don't you go down to the floor and you can do the hands-on labs? You can actually, you know, get dirty and kind of get, uh, get into stuff, right? And I was like, okay, that's great advice. You know, this is coming from somebody who's been around for a bit. They know this environment. Let me get down there. I have never looked back. Not once. I've never been back to an Ignite classroom, um, only if Mr. Snover is speaking. Uh, I will admit that. But um, also, that Hyper-V replica story, uh, a certain somebody was doing a demo 
on um, crypto recovery yeah. and Hyper-V, uh, which of course was very much, uh, resonated very deeply with me at that time. And uh, I was able to kind of get from there to, I haven't had a new t-shirt for three years. <laughs> yes, that's right. A two-minute story about why haven't I had any new T-shirts? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and and the, and the funny of that is is all of us uh, MVPs, and and it was some kind of um, trend uh, on Facebook from uh, uh, a lot of colleagues saying that uh, where you buy uh, T-shirts. Because when we used to get <laughs> restocking those those t-shirts on those events, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do for undershirts this winter. I don't. <laughs> I might have to go to a mall. That's okay. That's okay, my friend. Uh, I can I can point you to some some stores if you want. Uh, they don't say Hyper V, not even Replica, not even Azure. But they are as pretty as the shirts that you have that wearing now. So, I, so see, that, I just see okay. myself in like uh, Old Navy or something, and uh, I'm going to be asking, where's your Microsoft t-shirts? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So moving to the, oh, to the next one before we start to deviate too much. Um, <laughs> too much. <laughs> automatic Azure VM extension upgrade capabilities is now in GA. So Absolutely. this is a great way to finish our our show this week with this update saying that uh, now the Azure VMs extensions, that they are nothing more than small applications, right? Now they are uh, the ability to upgrade those VM extensions uh, on either Azure VMs and on the virtual machine scale sets uh, mm -hmm. automatically. So, Absolutely. which is awesome. Yeah, I was really happy to see this in here this week because um, I know with scale sets, it has been a little bit of a pain in the past. A um, little bit of uh, kind of sequencing the work, taking one down, upgrading, pulling another one out, putting the, like you have to kind of, it's like shuffling a, a deck of cards a bit, right? Mm -hmm. um, so this is really good though because uh, not only does this work for Windows, but this also works for Linux extensions as well. Yep. And uh, even better than that, if you, uh, for example, know that there is a potentially problematic upgrade that's on the way, uh, perhaps your scale set is running a specialty application and you need to be very careful with how, how it updates, you are able to opt out of specific upgrades. So it's actually really, really great. And it allows for quite a lot of flexibility for organizations. Absolutely. And it's, it's not only that, it allows you to be more secure because you are up to date, right? Exactly. And, that, and that's been something that we've been preaching a lot uh, regarding the, the part of the security because high 90% of the attacks is between um, the, the date that someone release or announce a vulnerability and release the, the, the correction of that vulnerability and the time that you're applying, 
right? That's correct. So now we can reduce that time. So by that, we are reducing, in this case, uh, our vulnerability uh, into the world and we are increasing the security. So, so absolutely. Uh, that's exactly. why I was saying that it's one of the best ways to finish this, this, this episode. And with that, uh, sadly, um, we finish our episode. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I have nothing more to say than thank you, Andrew, one more time. And now oh, it's your you, time Marcos. to be on the road. Uh, I think next time we both should be on the road so no one takes an advantage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it's an advantage, but uh, I will say it is a good challenge for the hardware. Yes. It is. <laughs> yes, absolutely it is. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. So if you are new at the channel and if you uh, come into the end of the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to smash that like button. Uh, give us, uh, share some love. Um, if you have something to say, just say it. Uh, if you if you don't want to be publicized on the web, send us an email, um, private message. Um, a smoke sign right now, it's not very useful because we, we have a lot of smoke yep. and that could be uh, buried in the other smoke. So uh, besides that, uh, just just contact us, right? Absolutely. Yep. Just get a hold of us. Let us know what you think. Um, we love hearing everything that you may have to say. Um, yes. Tell uh, tell Marcos what you think of his beautiful shirt this week, yeah. or uh, my very much bumblebee attracting shirt that I wore for some <laughs> reason. Today. Uh, whatever you want to say. Uh, exactly. The point is that we really do love having you with us. We super, super do appreciate having uh, all of you join us. And uh, you are the sunshine that makes the day worth recording for today. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Thank you so much uh, once again. And um, bye for now. Bye.